Thanks for joining us again for another episode. Maddie is now back. We we managed to drag Gibbo kicking and screaming after the Rambo <laughs> debacle back into the fold. Uh, and now Maddie is back. Maddie, how are you? Oh, loving it. Missing everybody. Love it. Happy to be back. Absolutely. Happy to be back by the sounds of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, look, I cannot fault the man for Rambo last night. No. I, yeah. I just can't. I feel for him. He needed six months to get out. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice to get out of the house and talk about movies. I I feel like during the lockdown, my boy's been uh, sizing me up. He's been telling me that uh, when I get bigger, I'm going to have bigger arms than you, Dad. So, so I think I needed. We needed some time apart. I needed to get out of the house. Yeah, yeah you need to. You need to uh, get out, mate. Yeah, just too much some different too much, too, too much for one household. He's a tough three-year-old, I'm just saying. Now, tonight's episode is a listener pick. Friend of the show, Jehovah, put this one to us. It is the biopic of Bruce Lee, Dragon, the Bruce Lee story from 1993. Now, before we get into that, let's do a bit of a whip round as to what we have been watching. I'll do mine pretty pretty fast. I've got a few, but I can get through them pretty quick. I saw The Way Back, the mm. Ben Affleck alcoholic mm. film. Really, really good. Really enjoyed it. Didn't quite didn't quite go where I expected it to go. It does sort of sit on some of those sports cliches a little bit, but it was really, really good, and Ben Affleck is absolutely fantastic in it. Uh, really, really good good film, so definitely check it out if you can. I checked out the Blumhouse film Sweetheart. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you know about this one, Jared, at all. Yeah, the it's on the island. She's on an island or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, this girl's um, stranded on an island, and at night, this creature comes out of the water and comes onto the island looking for, I don't know, I guess people to kill or whatever. Mm. It had a, a, a reasonable idea, and the central performance was excellent, but it doesn't hold at all. I mean, it should have been like a half hour. It could have been an episode in a sort of, you know, horror TV show or something. Mm. It would have been much better had it have been 30 minutes as opposed to 80 minutes. Yeah. And it doesn't hold water at all once it starts to get further into it. Right. So good try. You know, classic Blumhouse, a, a cool idea, but obviously they knew this wasn't uh, this wasn't theatre-worthy, worthy, put it that yeah. way. I, I watched The Nice Guys again. Oh, yeah, classic. Yep. Yeah. Love that movie. I also seem to be really interested in geriatrics for a while. <laughs> I went on a geriatric kick. I started with Rocky Balboa. Right, yeah. Loved it. I then segued into Grudge Match. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, not so Which, good. It was all right, It's all right, it's got a few laughs. I get yeah. a couple of giggles out of Grudge Match. I then segued further into Las Vegas. <laughs> Okay. I was hoping you were going to say geriatric territory. And look, Las Vegas isn't brilliant either, but geez, you know, you can see the quality of those actors, though. They make a pretty shitty movie tolerable. Similar to the beer you're drinking, Jared, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Jean Straw Bandit. 
<laughs> bad game. Let me tell you, the beer is tolerable. <laughs> does it have some kick to it? It does have a bit of kick, actually. <laughs> nice little strawberry kick. It's like yes. it's like Van Dam's just put put a couple of strawberries on his on his feet and kicked me right in the mush. <laughs> And then I finalised my geriatric situation with Heartbreak Ridge. Does anyone right. remember Heartbreak Ridge? Sort of. I don't Clint think Eastwood? I saw it. Yeah, I didn't see it. I haven't yeah, seen look, it either. I saw it many, many years ago, and I laugh my ass off at it. It's piss funny. <laughs> I don't think it's meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But it has some very funny moments in it. Right, I got off that. I went. Um, I went to Zombieland. Yep. Just the original. Yep. For some reason, that movie does not sit for me. At it doesn't all. hit with you, does it? Not at all. The best part of it is the end where Bill Murray <laughs> when the turns credits up. Rolled. That was the <laughs> well, not quite. Bill Murray turns up, and yep. then the whole fight in the fun park, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty cool. They did some good things, but to me, it's a real hodgepodge of other better zombie films, quite Fair frankly. Enough. I've actually got yeah. Double Tap there to watch, but I was uh, I held off to watch the original as well. So I'll, I'll be getting through that very shortly. Yeah, I was saying to a mate of mine, uh, he was going, Zombie Land, best zombie movie ever. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> have you I seen have any one, zombie I, films? I did like it, but, it's yeah, it's not the best one. And mm. I, said, I said to him, Dust Till Dawn, mate. I would watch Dust Till Dawn any day, and it's yeah, it's a vampire film, but it's the same sort of conceit type of road movie type of thing. Mm. I'd have that any day over this. And I watched Sean, John Wick. Shaun of the Dead's probably funnier. Shaun well. of the Dead, yeah, Shaun of the Dead. John Wick. Yeah, the original John Wick. I'm going to punch through the other two as well. Yeah, wait till you mm. haven't mate, seen three yet, one. have you? No, I still haven't seen three. <laughs> wait until th- wait until three hits you, mate. It's I got like, into that. That was good. Yeah, it's like it's just like. It's just it's like it sets your fucking seat on fire when you're watching it. You just, <laughs> I loved it. Because um, the first one is just gold. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's such a simple idea, but it's just so well done. Number four in the and works, And I love too. that bloke Exciting. telling the – what was that, Matty? Number four's in the works, too. Exciting times. Yeah. Yeah. I love the bloke as he um, – the crime boss as he talks tells the story about how he took out a couple of blokes with a pencil and he just looks at his son and goes, yeah. hey, fucking pencil. <laughs> yeah. He's a ghost. He's yeah. a ghost in the first one. Uh, you don't know what he's done, where he's come from, can be killed. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Um, I do love that. With the fucking pencil. <laughs> after going through all those, I went to a couple of docos. I rewatched Electric Boogaloo. Oh, yeah. Wild Untold Story of Canon Films. Yep. <laughs> Subsequently, I sent you a message, didn't I, Jared, did. saying I we need to add- watch Invasion USA. Yeah, you've added a couple to our coming soon list. I watched Athlete A on Netflix. It's all about the U.S. gymnastics team and that doctor that got done for sexual assault. Mm. It was okay for as far as true crime sort of docos go. Yeah. Any uh, chance of you I'll watching t- an uplifting real life story <laughs> anytime soon? Or <laughs> well, where are they? <laughs> where are they, mate? Because Netflix know. wallows in this stuff. Yeah, you're, you're right. Netflix really does like to like to plumb the depths like that. I'll tell you what, mate. I'll tell you about plumbing the depths with Netflix. Unsolved mysteries. 
Mm. <laughs> I'll watch some. fucking terrible, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I didn't think it was terrible. The thing with there's this is, There's nothing in it. Like, no, the you thing need with some this Robbie is, Stack, mate. Well, well, <laughs> well, they've got the theme. The theme's still there, but, yeah, no Robbie Stack, except for that little sort of little sort of silhouette of him at the start. But Yeah. The, the thing you with, the problem sort with of, this is, though, I mean, the cases are compelling, but they're long-term. Right, you never. The impact of these is going to be felt when, if they solve one, which they did with yeah. the original unsolved mysteries, they solved a few cases. So, if yeah. that pans out, then it takes on a whole new kind of new sort of relevance. But as it stands, because they're fresh, it's just sort of like they, there's no resolution. So it's very unsatisfying in some ways. Yeah, but my problem with it was they seem to be. Extremely under um, investigated, mm. or if whether or not under investigated, but just not given the the details not there. Like the, did you see the first case? Yes, I did. About the guy who fell off the roof. Yeah, really, really interesting, compelling. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, what happened? There's a note fucking tape behind his computer. Yeah, and not one person asks the question. Why the fuck would you tape this behind your computer? They don't go into it. They just yeah. kind of cook up this bullshit well, about how he was into Freemasons. And but see, I don't like, know if this is the thing. They didn't cook it up because they don't know. That's the, yeah, that's that's the idea saying. of the show. Nobody knows. And I think that one was really, I mean, from the intro, of the from the opening of the episode, you could see which party they were trying to possibly yeah. get some pressure on. Exactly. So, but I just felt that they were all very underdeveloped. It seemed to be kind of pretty poor journalism and pretty poor documentary filmmaking. Honestly, I skipped several of them in the middle because I was just like, "This is shit." Yeah. So, look, I don't know. I went to the, the last case. I think, which I, think I found I, interesting. You might be somewhat desensitized to the to the Netflix. I think it's because the quality's not there. Well, the That's quality, part the, of it. the quality's not not quite there. But I mean, the idea of this is to get it done relatively cheap. Yeah, and the, as That's I if said, they the certainly go into a gonna, new if series. They, of if them. they get any longevity out of them, they're going to make new episodes and things like that. I think that's where it's. But the problem for me is the original unsolved mysteries. Right, they they chuck three or four cases into one episode. Exactly. And there was a hefty helping of Bigfoot and fucking yeah. <laughs> aliens and shit. I want some more of that. It was, I know. It was, part, it was part true crime, part National Enquirer. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved that All shit. All to the tones of Robert Stack. Like you can't, and like, Stack would be giving it to you. Stack would be giving it to you like it was the most serious thing on earth. Yeah. <laughs> like Stack would be sitting there Bigfoot going, this man stuff. wandered into his backyard. What did he see? And like just sort of you know, take you through the whole story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what was missing. That's like that, yeah, let me tell I, you, the quality I, is on par, but there was no Robbie Stack and no Bigfoot. That's all that's missing. St- <laughs> all the Bigfoot's <laughs> been taken up by Amazon Prime. <laughs> I just feel you don't you needed a host. Go back to the format. Yeah, I think Go so. Go to the format. Because I can tell you right now, if you'd have given me ten minutes of any of those cases, I'd have been very happy. Yeah, I think I think you I don't right. want I fifty think... minutes of some bullshit that goes on, you know, like Yeah, that was probably the, my the, issue. It was a little bit that's long. underdeveloped. Yeah, and I feel like Netflix took the the property 
and sort of squeeze their model into it. I mean, it, it's it's paint by numbers for a bunch of those ones we've seen recently. Yeah, and I'm not, and, and I don't want to sound like I'm being sort of flippant to the, the the victims and all that sort of stuff. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, it just feels like they didn't get their bang for their buck. Yeah, you know, like it, it's it's just not deeply enough looked at. And to me, if you're going to give me, I know Bigfoot sitting me Robert in his Stack. cave going, where's my, where's my bang for buck here? Where's my love? I used to get on weekly and now I can't even get a crumb. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, if you've got that on a Robbie Stack, you know, three three cases in an episode. Yeah, it's a good episode. I think you're probably getting a little bit more there. Yeah. Um, which sounds strange because you're cutting it down, but you're getting the facts boiled down to 10 minutes. You've got but to be also, smart. But also when it's, when it's three cases, it actually feels like, okay, they're actually putting some volume out here of things they're trying to solve, Was whereas yeah. when Netflix spends that much time on six cases, that, as you said, some of them seem like they had been investigated but probably not as well as they should have been. It feels like perhaps, yeah, Netflix has taken the property and trying to make the cash off it rather than actually having that angle of there's something we're trying to do here as well. Yeah, I just get this feeling that they won't, that this won't stick. I feel like that taps in. I was going to talk about the Cops pod podcast. There's one chasing cops, and they talk about how when when Cops was on, it was pretty much basically they were uh, they they send out the reporter with a cop for five days, and if he didn't get a story, then that was it. They they'd disappear. But they were, it ended up leading to like more problems in terms of uh, like corruption and that sort of stuff. But they were just trying to get a get a show out. As quickly yeah. as possible. Yep. Yeah, and it, uh, in, it, yeah, I can understand like what Netflix is trying to do. Mm. You got to get, got to yeah. get new content out. Well, that's right. I mean, at the end of the day, it's that's what it's about. They're they're looking to looking to drive subscribers, and so yeah. Then to the, the me asking for them to actually be concerned about whether the cases are solved or not is probably not their. You know, that's not what they're worried about. They hope that yeah. that happens so they can make a follow up episode. Mm. Is really. I guess my thing is life. stick to the formula. I know yeah. that people would say Unsolved Mysteries was kind of like the first of this type, and that's yeah. totally true, but but there'd be a following for a very, very similar formula, I think. Yeah, I think if so. you took a, a new host, and yeah. they did it in the 90s because they ended up having, or it might have been the early 2000s. I think Amazon Prime can tell you, Jared. But yeah, I think yeah, they had the, the old Farina. ones are on there. Yeah, the old Unsolved, old Unsolved Mysteries are on there, and there was another host. I don't know if you've heard about this, but... There's an episode that essentially Jeepers Creepers ripped off the start of the movie when they're driving. It looks fucking identical. And the case was very similar, what the guy was doing, like Mm. the car that drove past and saw someone doing something like what the Creepers doing in Jeepers Creepers. Like it's – I didn't know about it until recently, but, yeah, one to look into if you haven't haven't seen that. Yep. But that's me. Right. I'll go next to uh, go pretty briefly. I don't have a, a whole lot. So, Adam, I spoke to you about this previously, but I held out on uh, on going for another streaming service after Channel 10 tried to fucking bend us all over <laughs> and expect us to pay a free-to-air network, expecting us to now pay for their streaming. So I held off on doing that to watch The Twilight Zone, and I, instead I gave my money to JB Hi-Fi and, and took the Blu-rays home for The Twilight oh, Zone. Oh, so you bought the season? So I bought the season. Um, I'd actually seen the first episode. I re-watched it. 
Um, the first episode I find really interesting. Like the, is that the, the whole, one with the comedian? Yeah, yeah. The whole conceit yeah, of the, the comedian and w- when they start putting their personal life into the material, where where it sort of blurs the lines between you know jokes and what it does to them and all that sort of stuff. Like, and I've watched the remake of what's his name um, on, on a plane. Ter- yeah, yeah. yeah. It was okay. So far, I haven't seen any that would stand next to some of the classics in the original series, but. I'll punch on, and I'll still I, I like that sort of format of TV, so I'll I'll stick with it. Yeah. I got onto the Vast of Night, which is one that got a little bit of buzz oh, yes. and showed up on Amazon yes. Prime. It's sort of a little alien or, or, or you sort of UFO sort of picture set in the set in the fifties, I think it is fifties yeah. or sixties. I can't remember exactly. I think it was the fifties, but. Yeah, check it out if you get the chance. It's really interesting in terms of the way that they've made the movie. There's some really kind of innovative techniques. Like there's portions where, you know, there's a girl that works on a switchboard and she's talking to a guy on the phone and they they stick with a shot of her for about, it must be about five minutes plus without moving while the guy's telling the story to get the reactions and rather than sort of manufacture it, they just rely on the actor to kind of deliver it and it's it's fucking right. good. There's another shot where they essentially go through the entire town, which uh, there's just some really innovative techniques, some good acting performances, I would, I would say, to check it out. I wasn't um, – I'm still kind of here nor there on the ending, still sort of processing it, but I really enjoyed the movie. I too got onto a Blumhouse one that I hadn't seen, Adam. I watched Ma. Yeah, not I, had, great. I, had, I had a bit of interest in this. <laughs> What's that one about? So Mars the, the one about the kids who are. She's the, the, there's a woman in the town that buys them alcohol, and then she says, "I don't want you guys sort of out and about getting in trouble, so you can come to my basement and party there as much as you want, just so you're safe." And then she kind of starts sort of ingratiating herself amongst the group and sending messages out and joining mm. the parties and things like that. And it's look, it's it's pretty predictable. It's it's got a decent enough premise. But it's very predictable, and really, aside from uh, Octavia Spencer, there's not a hell of a lot going for it. I heard that that her performance was good, but the rest of it was a bit yeah, bare. pretty much. Got back onto Shit's Creek, Adam. Look, Shit's Creek. I was an early adopter on Netflix of Shit's Creek, and I feel like look, it's I reckon it's a gem. I'm up to the fifth season now. There's only <laughs> one more season to go. I love it. Eugene Levy and Dan Levy, just absolutely brilliant. And Catherine O'Hara is is just fucking awesome. Like some of the shit she Any there, show that calls a bloke like Roland, is it Roland shit? Yeah, Roland shit is the man. <laughs> Eugene and, Levy's eyebrows come out yeah, at me. So. Yeah. Um, and. You, uh, Roland shit is uh, Chris Elliott. Chris so Elliott, obviously a few laughs to be had there. Yeah. I got onto the first episode of season two, What We Do in the Shadows. Um, oh, yeah. Obviously, I loved the first season of that. For opening episode was all right. A few laughs. Plenty of Matt Berry giving a, oh, shit. Love that kind of <laughs> leaving it hanging. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm still, they didn't do anything that's 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 going to push me away from it. I'm still well and truly in on that one. <laughs> Oh, what's the platform on Netflix? The platform. Oh, what's yeah, that? That, yeah, I heard about uh, this. It's sort of, it's one that's sort of set in a prison where there's two people on each level, and the food gets put on a platform at the top, and then the people at the top get to eat for a couple of minutes, and then the platform moves down, and so by the, you know, by the end of it, people are fighting for scraps of food and whatever. Look, it's pretty, pretty upfront with some social commentary about classes and things like that. But it was a, it was yeah. an interesting watch. I didn't love it, but it was interesting enough and had some ideas that were that were that were pretty cool. I think it was just a bit too upfront with the messages, I guess. I watched Underwater. Oh yeah, how was that? 
it was actually all right. It was it was pretty good, other than TJ Miller, who, aside from seeming to be a shit bloke, can be very uh, grating on screen as well. I feel like it was pretty good. Kristen Stewart was was fine. I'm also a big Jessica Henwick fan. She was in it, and uh, I thought she delivered a pretty good performance too. But yeah, it was it was uh, quite good. I didn't have high expectations, but I, I really enjoyed it. I got on to Scoob, the Scooby Doo oh, yeah. prequel. Just you know, I I've think seen my, that being advertised. Yeah, I think my kids are just—it's just sort of gateway to getting the kids into horror as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> and yeah, how I'll was it in, in terms of uh, sort oh. of because it's got a pretty high, heavy duty voice cast, hasn't it? Yeah, it's a, it was a bit ordinary. Um, it had uh, it, there was jokes that were that the kids were laughing very very heavily at, um, and a couple of characters that were obviously directed at kids kind of like minions but sort of robot type characters that the kids kind of oh, liked yeah. but there wasn't I, I look it wasn't wasn't much for me for some reason I also watched spies like us which ah, <laughs> I must say it has got a couple of classic lines eh? yeah there's a couple of good ones but I must say every every Chevy Chase picture I've watched recently shows him just being a fucking womanizing asshole and yeah. I feel like some of that is very true to life. I mean, it's it's <laughs> pretty well documented that he's an asshole. So <laughs> yeah. the womanizing part at the peak of his fame doesn't seem like much of a stretch. But uh, no. yeah, look, it had a few it had a few laughs in it. And the last one I watched, the best um, bit of that is that buddy, they're trying to cheat on the test. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's got a fake arm and yeah, fake <laughs> use the eye patch. Yep, yep, that was pretty good actually. The last one I watched is uh, in the spirit of what we're covering tonight. I actually uh, checked out the 30 for 30, um, Be Water. Oh, yeah. The Bruce Lee one. It wasn't bad. It did a pretty good job of placing him within kind of the racial issues that that, that were of the time and sort of, you know, America's representation of Asian cultures on screen and and whatnot. So, yeah, I don't think for, for, you know, for people who were really into Bruce Lee that it's going to give you too much about the movies. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was good to sort of sort of place it in that context that hadn't necessarily been explored heavily on film before, and that was me. All right, all right, Maddie. All right, it's been a while. My list's still not as big as your weekly list, but anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I got through uh, Tiger King. I loved, absolutely loved. Yeah, uh, I thought you'd love that. Yeah, so good. The um, just the fact that they're all different kinds of cult leaders, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, cracked me up. And that guy was so much like. Will Ferrell, like Mugatu, <laughs> the guy with the ponytail. Yeah, he even talked yeah. like him. Oh, Hansel. Loved it. Yeah, loved it. What, 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 what nah, horrible mate. people they all are. I know. The best part of the entire documentary series. Oh, Jesus. Was the, the um, bloke with his, his with Tiger King's country music, man. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, the funeral Absolute was magic. abhorrent. The funeral was, was so bad. The funeral was my favourite. No question. Like, seeing a bloke in a eulogy talking about balls in his face was... <laughs> One of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> the guy's mum was there. Oh, and then cringing. Followed it up by lip syncing to one of his own songs. <laughs> one of his own slash someone else's songs. But I'd seen, I'd watched, I'd watched the Louis Theroux interview. Yeah, that he was you. on. I was like, hey, wait a sec, that's the bloke in the. the and and I was just bizarre because he's sitting there talking about how much he'd like to kill her in that interview. Like, yeah, yeah. So it was just is he. Yeah, he was. I didn't know he was in. He was Louis Theroux spoken to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he does he a thing a, on animals, on, on animal, on dangerous, yeah, animals, like dangerous animals. Yeah, hang, there's women with like orangutans and stuff. Like it's there's a woman with a 
What's she got? She's got a she's got a pet monkey, and it, and he's like Louis asking, "Are we safe?" And uh, then it just smashes a window like. A, <laughs> <laughs> just bizarre. These people like, and they like, have these monkeys like babies. It's, it's, I think it's the bizarre. answer to that question is no. We're not safe. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. I watched. I watched Last Dance. Loved it. Um, just some yep. of the side stuff. Like, I, I think same as you guys. Like, just watching it. Like, I knew what was coming up, but I was still loving like just the memories of it and putting things in place and yeah. even just some yeah. of the little like the. Like Ron Harper talking about <laughs> not getting the defensive assignment on Jordan, that sort of stuff was yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. And then seeing, I mean, Mark, and then seeing Mark Price yeah. came out and said, "I don't know what he was talking about." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mark Price was kind of like, "I don't remember anything, any you know reason why Ron yeah. Harper was wanted to be on him, anything like that." And was, we, we forget that Craig Elo had a fucking good game. Yeah, that's like right. Like, he nearly won and, him the game also, a couple of But also, we also forget, before. if you watch that, Elo is right there. Yeah, he gets yeah, a hand right. up. It's it's just not, a he didn't lose shot. him. He's yeah. just, he just had too much hang time for the bloke. Yeah, that's right. Which, uh, and no one could have defended it. Yeah. I loved watching that whole thing, just thinking... I remembering back to that was when I sort of got into basketball and NBA yeah. basketball and, and thinking, I can't back the Bulls, but, man, it's fun watching him... Yeah, just yeah. pull it out at the end. Like they weren't, and it didn't even feel like in the moment they were necessarily gonna win every single game. But he he did. He consistently pulled them up above the yeah. above that level. Yeah, uh, I wish we were just a little bit older so we could have got in the Chicago traveling cocaine circus days. Yeah. Like, that sounded like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I wish Twitter was around when that was happening. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> it would have been so good. <laughs> I got onto I got onto the doco as well, Q Ball, which I think if, I don't know if Gibbo's talked about it. I'm pretty sure he has, but it's um it's San Quentin basketball program, so in the prison there. Oh yeah, yeah. And oh, yeah. uh yeah, it's loving that some of the like Golden State Warriors came in and like it has uh Sam Jones, the the guy who runs the place is out of a out of a, a separate podcast. So it's it's interesting hearing about reform and uh in the prison system and, and what they're trying to do mm. and uh, just seeing it through that basketball. Anytime they do one of those things, something that you love, but the people involved have, have a shady past and, but it's, it's mm. a, it is a place where people can come together. It's, that was a good doco. It was worth watching. Yeah. I got Black Klansman. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. That was a solid movie. Mm. Very topical. Uncut Gems. Loved it. Oh, yeah, Uncut Gems. You've got to see it. It's got a lot of synthesizer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You'll love it too. Everyone else has watched it. I haven't watched it yet. But it was yeah. great. That was really, really good. And it's the first time I've ever seen Adam Sandler was fantastic. Yeah. It, it, it played to his strengths, but he also gave the character a bit of nuance, and that's, you know, that's the work of the directors, mate. Mm. You know? And, the, and, the, the, and the script obviously being a strong script. Yeah, that's that's the thing. That's what I was going to say. The the script doesn't necessarily go where you, you expect it, and it uh, pulls some emotion out. Yeah, of some makes some creates some very awkward situations for for Adam Sandler's character. Mm. So I love that. Um, the Apostle, the, the horror movie, The Apostle. Yep, I really enjoyed that. I hadn't seen Wicker Man, so I didn't really have anything to compare it to. But um, yeah, it's it's pretty much Children of the Corn on steroids. Like, I'd be, yeah, it was pretty messed up. Yeah, yeah, things that stuck with me. That's I liked sure. it. Yeah, I started a doco series called Losers as well on Netflix, which um, I got through that. Oh one. yeah, I've seen a bit of that. Yeah, did that? Did you see the one with the dog that bit the bloke? Off again? I've just got through the first episode. So the the boxer whose dad was just way too harsh on him. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff on there. Mm. I believe. I watched the Eurovision. 
Will Ferrell. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh man. <laughs> that's that's oh. not going to date well. That was that had so much potential. Man, it's a turd sandwich. Oh. But um, it's just... Uh, oh. Will Ferrell hasn't been funny in about, fifth, about five years, I reckon. Yeah. Oh, it's just got aspects and of his other movies. Like, he's he's was good in... What's the one with the, in the school the, where he's the card, used card dealer? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kenny Powers. Yeah, uh, Kenny Powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was good he's so good in that. And that's just where he's at his best, you know, like yeah. freestyling. But I think what? they they tried to – it's just such a Hollywood – like the, the you'd seen the same plot 15 times. It was just the worst. Can I just ask, what <laughs> is Rachel McAdams doing <laughs> in such a movie? She is well and truly above that kind of poop. Yeah. She does all right in it. It's yeah, just I'm the, not saying she's the, whole, the capable. The jokes are just meant to be the accent, though, so it's just yeah. not funny. But, you know, sometimes, Adam, you know what it's like, you know, on a work day and sometimes you get offered some job that's not going to be super fulfilling or super great, but it's going to be a cushy day. And you say, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I think right. that's probably what it is. <laughs> Everyone just took the paycheck, maybe. I don't know. That's right. Because, you know, she's got, she's got really good um, comedic timing. Like, you watch that Game yeah. Night. Oh, Game Night's awesome. She was, she was really good with that. Jason Bateman. And she's yeah. such a good actress, but I just think to myself, yeah, yeah, you, you're spot on. Someone that's said, seen, listen. Have you got to see the pair of them are vomiting had me in fucking stitches. <laughs> <laughs> Someone said, have you got a few weeks in your schedule? Yeah, yeah, yeah all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll do it. I got into Jeffrey Epstein, the <laughs> what a horrible ah. person. That guy. Um, <laughs> More feel good fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's unbelievable what he got away. That's what I've yet to plumb. No, I haven't gone there yet. There's um yeah, there's there's too many of these people in existence. It's it's pretty scary. I'm assuming it's not a pleasant there's some pretty untidy shit in there, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Just the that whole control and abuse and people just got sucked into that world and, and what do you do about it? You can't do anything about it because they've got the well, power mate, and the authority. Money money breeds power. Yeah, absolutely. And- some people take it to some very, very untidy places. Absolutely. I got on to, we watched Unorthodox, which I think Gibbe said he'd seen. So it was about the, the Orthodox Jews and and uh, yeah, creating an art art career. Um, that was okay. That wasn't too bad. White Lines, which is... Can I just say, yeah, uh, when, <laughs> when Gibbo was talking about it, he said it was a series about Greek Orthodox. <laughs> yeah, I know. I heard that. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> We're not that impressed. Come on. <laughs> I know I worked a lot as a kid, but... <laughs> that did make you laugh. I did my head. I got into White Lines, which is like a, a murder mystery one. That was okay. That was a bit paint by numbers, as, as like as we talk about. Last Action Hero, I saw. That was pretty good. I didn't mind that. Yeah. Um, ghost. We've got a bit of Patrick Swayze in there. Oh, Ghost. And yeah. I, I watched Roadhouse for the first time. So oh, what an experience. What a treat. That for the great. first time. Um, <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, I know. I know, right? But the, um, well, this is what happens when you're Greek Orthodox. You don't get to watch these things. <laughs> <laughs> I've said it before. I was too busy watching Highlander again. Um, which they're remaking. Very yes, I know. Oh, Can't wait. The 
we got on to what else did we watch? We watched uh, I watched a lot of Afterlife as well, which I'm big, oh, yeah. big Gervais fan. Maybe not necessarily. Yeah, I enjoyed uh, that. Sometimes the way he acts, and maybe not so much, but that show is top quality, top show. Mm. I watched yeah, a bit of good. a bit of uh, Chappelle, the Mark Twain Award, where it was a bit of a tribute oh, to yeah. him. And uh, any good? Yeah, yeah, really good, really good. He did a set, didn't he? Sorry. Does he, he does a set, doesn't he, in that? He does, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's about even, 25 minutes or something, is it? The best one's uh, Neil, the guy who helped him write Chappelle's show. He's, he just roasts him. It's so funny to watch. And himself, actually. But he's he's very good in that. And then and some of his stand-up as well. It's, I loved – he's just so funny. I don't know. He is. He's a funny, funny man. The fact that he can refer – <laughs> to Hillary Clinton as a bitch and, <laughs> and and make you laugh about it is so yeah. good. Yeah. It's talking about how she uh, lost the election and he goes, she missed the dunk. Like, <laughs> yeah. like it just makes it so simple. I love yeah, it. He does. We watched uh, Safe and the same guys made The Stranger, which is just like a couple of murder mystery things as well. So it has a guy that plays Dexter in it and... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're okay. They weren't too bad. Yep. We watched United States of Tara, which the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Went through like four seasons of that. Yeah. Which was uh, entertaining. Tony Collette's solid. Yeah. Some of, the, yeah. some of it you sort of doesn't really fit in with my understanding of the mental illness. No, but, no. But you sort of give it a pass and go, they're making a show, so that's all right. Yeah. I watched Parasite. The, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, Korean yeah. black comedy. Is that was good? great. Yeah, so funny. Yeah, I've heard it's, it's good. Yeah. Obviously one best picture too, yeah. so I, I haven't checked it out yet. But. It's worth a look. It's awkward, but, but hilarious. <laughs> that's I didn't why know, we haven't checked it out, Jack. I didn't, <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know what it was about, so I just started watching and uh, the, the family that it's – Centered around are hilarious. They just yeah. each of them is is just as funny as the as the rest. They're yeah, really I saw good. it was critically praised and won best picture, and I thought, ah, that'll yeah. go over my head. Yeah, leave that till later. Nah, it's pretty good. Lots of mysteries from not only the Bigfoot special. Excellent. <laughs> You were like, yeah, I'll get to this later. What sort of Amazon Prime? <laughs> you know me so well, Adam. <laughs> um, I got into Halloween 4. Ooh. Halloween 4. Yeah. What did you think? I didn't mind it. Hey, you came um, around, buddy. I was like, well, after three, I was a bit dis- <laughs> I was like, I'm not investing any more time in this. Oh, then- <laughs> how could you not? Know Tommy Atkins' bristling moustache got him commanding the screen. <laughs> but four was good. It ended really, really well. Like the, yeah. yeah. The, like the main- Four's got its warts. <clears throat> the main when you actually look. Sorry, go for it. When you actually look closely at four, it's got its warts because I really mm. loved it when I first saw it. Yeah. And you look at it a bit more closely and it's it's got problems, but a lot of people say, oh, it's boring and it's, it's this and it's that. You know what? As far as Halloween films go, it is, it is an absolute top top two or three. He loves yeah. to shove his thumb under people's I mean, skin in that. Yeah. yeah. That's a good move. Rip people's faces off. But that's yeah. also got one of my favourites in the in the series with the, the chick that's getting hit on and turns around and says, fuck off, Wade. That's what it, that always, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a right. laugh out of me. That's right. <laughs> they're, pool, they're pooling their dollars so they can have a go. <laughs> Who's the, the old lady, Sir John Gilgood? What's his name, though? Oh, 
um, Donald Pleasant. Donald, Donald Pleasant. Yeah. He goes off again. He does the same. Yeah, reprises the same yelling role. And no, uh, no, it, yeah. the best part of the entire movie, the vigilante group. Oh, Shit, yeah. Earl. <laughs> it's Ted Hollister. Just <laughs> 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 fucking blasted this bloke. We'll give you the tip, Matty. Just, just uh, skip the next two for your own uh, All right. benefit. <laughs> My own yeah. fine sanity. Come, uh, come back with H two O. <laughs> All right. Actually, no, maybe watch part six and see what you make of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds art. <laughs> no, no one else has been able to make anything out of it as of yet. Oh, my God. <laughs> maybe you can come up with something. <laughs> oh. I watched uh, the second season of The Other Guy, which is uh, Matt O'Kine. Is... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, he's solid. He's, it's really funny. It's like that same sort of the vibe as Afterlife, but like the mm. same style of comedy, but yep. uh, mm. a little bit lighter. But, um, yeah, that, that was really good. And uh, I got to It 2 as well, finally, which is... Uh, Ooh. It Chapter 2? Yeah, It Chapter 2, which I'm yep. sure we'll talk about <clears throat> at a later date. But um, Yes. Yes, yes. Lock that one in. Yeah, but that's, that's my so list. it's definitely on our schedule. That's, yeah. that's you, mate? That's me, yeah, yeah. Didn't happen That's to a lockdown. That's a lockdown. That's all I can remember from my lockdown anyway. Didn't happen to catch brain scan by any chance? I didn't, didn't <laughs> get any trickster. Yeah. But, uh, and I, I, look, and I was kind of But glad, you're liberally throwing around sausage dick recently, <laughs> I've heard. I love a sausage dick reference these days. <laughs> and even though Jad's assured me that I really need to watch The Fanatic, I don't think I can do it. <laughs> yeah, no. I, it was a must watch. <laughs> Look, anybody who's a real Travolta fan needs to see him dressed up as an English Bobby. <laughs> I think I, I watched the, the ad for it the, and I just, I was like, oh, can I do this to myself? <laughs> yes, I think you can. It, I mean, it, it, it gives you so no, much in return. You should. It's not about can, it's you should. <laughs> I'll report back, guys. I'll report back. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Here's the trailer for 1993's Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. It's your birth certificate. Bruce Lee. It sounded very American. I'm going to America. French fries. Sky's the limit, that's what they say. Not a Chinaman's chance. They say that too. I'm different. understand English. You guys killed my dad in Korea. You think I'm happy to see you, my Jim? Don't touch me. Or what? Or I'll touch you back. You're not really an American. It's this guy Lee. He's awfully oriental. He's playing oriental. And you can't change people with your fists. You kiss him. Kiss him. At least. He defied tradition. I'd like to take some lessons. I'd like to give them. Now you know I'm not Chinese. I've noticed that. You've been charged with violating the martial arts code. This is the first Bruce Lee Kung Fu Institute. We do not teach our secrets to the enemy. I'll teach whoever wants to learn. It's some of them chop sake flip, man. He began a revolution. I have developed a way of fighting with no fixed positions. And became a leader. You are ordered to stop teaching. You die in Hong Kong. I've seen it.
Dragon, the Bruce Lee story from 1993, directed by Rob Cohen, who directed The Fast and the Furious and Triple X. Produced by Raffaella De Laurentiis, who produced Conan the Barbarian, and it's, and it's um, lesser the cousin, Cull the Conqueror. <laughs> <laughs> who I believe starred noted good bloke Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> yeah. At your lees. Yeah. Great bloke. Should follow him on Twitter. Screenplay is by Rob Cohen, Edward. Kamara, who wrote Enemy Mine, and John Raffo, who wrote Johnny Skidmarks, which I think is a film about a bloke shitting himself. <laughs> I'd watch it. And We've probably seen it, yeah. And, Jared, another one that I feel we should slip onto the list, The Relic. Oh, yeah. You remember The Relic? Yeah, I do remember The Relic. Can't find it anywhere. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> can't find it anywhere. It's well, you know, why, why would you? Why would you? You know, you, you buy five streaming services services just so you can avoid um, any movie made in the fucking nineteen nineties, seemingly. <laughs> yeah, so it would seem. So it would seem. And the script is actually based on the book by Robert Klaus and Linda Lee Caldwell, Caldwell, which is obviously Bruce Lee's wife. It stars Jason Scott Lee as Bruce Lee, Lauren Holly as Linda Lee, and Robert Wagner as Bill Krieger. The budget was $14 million, and the box office was $63 million worldwide. <laughs> and the film is dedicated to the memory of Bruce Lee's son, Brandon. Hmm. All right. Matty, because you're back and you have seen this movie many, many times, <laughs> give us your thoughts, mate. Uh, look, I'm... I, I really like this movie. I was obviously coming into it with a bit of nostalgia. It definitely skips over on uh, some of the facts and some of the depth and maybe the real Bruce Lee. But it, as far as a film goes, it's entertaining. The action's good fun. There's nut shots plenty, so I was uh, I was very happy watching it. And, uh, yeah, I, I hit it out at about a, a three and a half for that one. Nice. Jared. You yeah. also were a exponent of this one. Yeah, I've seen it a number of times. It's another one that seemed to be on TV every every fortnight when we were when we were younger. I reckon I've seen it in the in the ten to twenty times range in that period. But yeah, I uh, I agree with Maddie. Like it plays fast and loose with the facts. Like I mean, saying it's based on that book is is generous. I would think. <laughs> but yeah, as a movie, it's a it's a it's a rollicking good time. I, I had a had a great fun with it. Like it's got some really nifty sort of fight sequences and some solid performances, uh, mostly. And yeah, I'm a, I'm a three and a half as well. I just I I was expecting to go back and see a few more of the warts, but I had a great time with it. Mm. Yep, three and a half. Yep. Right, I had never seen this film mm. prior to today, and I was thoroughly. Impressed. I also give it three and a half. It's a really solid biopic in inverted commas because, as, as you guys have pointed out, I think they sort of play with the timeline and they tend to make things up a little bit here and there. But overall, I really like the fight scenes. I think the two leads are actually pretty pretty good uh, and, and it works. They, their chemistry is okay. My only issue with the film is that it kind of just it skips over certain portions really quickly. They use a lot of montages, some of which are great. I think they work well, but they skip a lot of interesting stuff about the man, mm. which ultimately 
I mean, the guy is such an interesting guy. I mean, you could have had two movies about him. Yeah, could have been quite lengthy. Yeah, but overall, it's very enjoyable, and I think it does reasonable justice to the Blake. Yeah. I feel like you, know, you could you call it, it like a, a tribute pick more than a bio yeah. pick because yeah. it's, it's definitely holding him up on the pedestal and I mean, it's not talking quite, about it's, his achievements and the difficult time he had getting about. Getting yeah, around. it's not quite Bruce Bloitation work, but it's it's shares some sort of similarity in that it is sort of, you know, paying, as you said, it's paying tribute and kind of bowing down to the bloke's legacy yeah. rather than kind of telling the full story, I guess. Mm. Yeah. And that's a f- pretty fair call, Matty. Like that, it it is a biopic kind of, but I think yeah, it's kind of like shining a light on this bloke as a cert a certain way, mm. and sort of kind of skipping pushing away from some of the other aspects. But in saying that, it does it in a really entertaining fashion. Hmm. Yeah, which, absolutely. Which is what I liked about it. I mean, just to kick off the likes, I, th- I actually think Jason Scott Lee is quite good. Yeah, I thought he was excellent. The role. There's a, cu- there's uh, a he, couple he, of times when he sort of gets a little over the top with the delivery and whatnot, but he's yeah. got the mannerisms. And if you've seen, you know, Bruce Lee in the movies and interviews and stuff like that, he did deliver. He had a quirky way of sort of delivering his lines and, and the little ticks and everything. I think he nailed those. I thought yeah. I thought he did yeah. a really good job. Yeah. And um he wasn't a martial artist. Yeah, I think he, he trained for they, he trained for eight months, I think. Yeah. I, I so they brought him something. in and thought we'll bring in an actor who can who we can teach to do martial arts instead of a martial artist that we have to teach to act. It's not gonna work that way. And I think it I think it was a, a, a really good choice. I one of the trivia things that what that I was looking at was saying they were they were initially talking about Brandon Lee playing, yeah. but I think he knocked it back, didn't he? Well, they also said he doesn't look closely enough to his father, yeah, in a sense of the physical likeness. He was, I think, he was trying to make his own path anyway, not yeah. necessarily as. I think he yeah. did knock it back too. Like I think. Yeah. They talked about doing it, and then he kind of said, "Well, I'm not interested." Mm. It's a shame because he, he would have had both down. He would have had the acting and the uh, the G couldn't go down. Yeah. yeah, and he, um, I think he died just before it was completed. Yeah, that's going to get in the way. Mm. So, I think I think he is really good, Jason Scott Lee. I think it's actually a pretty good choice. I think Lauren Holly is also a nice presence on screen, and I think the two of them work pretty well together. Yeah, Overall. I thought she was fine bar a couple of couple of sequences that I'll talk about later, but yeah, for yeah. the most part she does. There are a couple of moments. She also kind of gets pushed to the side as the film goes along. Yeah, yeah. Even though they do they're trying to sort of set a a love story in there. That kind of gets pushed away. Mm. But overall I think they're both pretty good. This stuff's kind of the – it's interesting that I – because initially I was thinking because I heard about the whole through line about the the warrior and the demon, mm. you know, and the supernatural side that his father was always talking about. Yep. And initially I was thinking this that sounds ridiculous. Yes. But I think they did it – I think they did it reasonably well. Mm. Personally, I found it quite interesting, the whole through line about – and the superstitions from that – from his culture and all that sort of stuff. Um, I found that kind of interesting, and they kind of slipped it in there a couple of times in the right places for me. Yeah, I don't think they overdid it either. 
it just popped up a couple of times and then, you know, you'd see certain sequences where the winds would be kicking up and things like that and they just kind of kept it kept it in the background as that, as that sort of looming threat. But, yeah, when as you said, when you hear that explanation, you just think to yourself, what? Like, it sounds <laughs> yeah. just ridiculous. And really, it is a bit ridiculous, but because they've gotten away with sort of making a Bruce Lee film rather than kind of the biopic of Bruce Lee, mm. it sort of works. And I think yeah. the positive for them is I don't think you could do this with too many people. I don't think you could have played as sort of fast and loose with the facts and put a storyline like this in. But with Bruce Lee, it feels like it, it kind of fits because of the style of movies he made and the fact that the guy himself kind of did have these kind of mythical legends about him and what would happen to him in, on movie sets and, you know, people trying to yeah. fight him and things like that. So I think that's why they, you know, you give it a give it a bit of a pass for some of this stuff. Yeah. It sort but of I fits. actually found that an intriguing and quite useful device. Yeah, it was a nice little way to personify the fears of his, you know, fears of his yeah. father and himself and, you know, passing, yeah. that, passing that demon down from generations and whatever. Mm. Exactly, and I think that there's a fantastic shot when you first see it. When he's a when he's a kid, and he run and he run. Oh no, he's not a kid, is he? I think in he might way. be a teen. He runs yeah into an alley. Yeah, and all the smoke comes out, and then you just see the warrior standing there with backlit. Yeah, in silhouette, and they they kept using that throughout. I thought it was a really really cool way of of you know it was a really striking kind of shot. Yeah. It was, uh, I believe that's Sven Ollie Thorson. Yeah, I was going to say, can we give that a big like too, that it's Sven Ollie <laughs> Thorson in the suit? <laughs> um, it's pretty satisfying that he actually got to kill somebody in the movie because mm. it turned it into an action yes. movie. Yeah, yeah. He got yes. to choke him out. It was, it was satisfying. <laughs> yeah, it was. Now, I mentioned the fight scenes. I really enjoyed pretty much all of them. I felt that they were shot in a way that conveyed kind of the style he would have on screen. It looked like they they kind of been shot in in the way of some of his films. Yeah, it did, and the things that he was doing, like the you know that yeah. they they evoked images like when his shirt gets ripped off and he's yeah. just got the black pants and whatever. It, yeah. just, it looked Breaking like a table in slow motion. Yeah, and you know. You know, the the sound effects that he was making and licking the blood and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. They just looked like Bruce Lee movies, essentially, those fights. Yeah. And, I mean, shit, we were 20, we were like about 28 minutes in and we'd already had three stinks. <laughs> 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 three separate locations, you know. <laughs> Well, the one in the in the kitchen involved a squirrel grip for the ages where the bloke's got him in the body. <laughs> that escalates quick. So good. Quite frankly, who's working in that kitchen? I mean, you have sex with one waitress and they all want to bloody take a cleave in the head. Yeah, yeah. I think the HR, you know, the, the owner takes on the HR role and says to the bloke that, you know, starting all the fights, listen, mate, you've got to go. Here's your severance. Yeah. Off you go. <laughs> I mean, you're right. There was there was a number of stinks in quick succession, probably to kind of again get us into the mood of of, of Bruce Lee and his fighting skills and all yeah. that. And the first fight accomplishes that. It's and almost you know, like in a the, in, it's almost in like dance. a musical, like the 
they've got to bust into the big song, but it's just like we're going to bust into the big fight now. Yeah, it, it provided like even though the facts were again not not um, you know they they were using things that didn't actually happen. They were again sort of close to the mark in some instances. That apparently was sort of when he was before he came to America, he was getting in fights regularly and things like that. That he was a bit of a delinquent in some aspects. So, you know, they take some of that and they put it into really kind of cinematic fight scenes. Yeah, I guess. And in fact, both of those first two fights reminded me a little bit of some of Jackie Chan's as well. A lot of you know. Uh, acrobatic sort of work, a bit of slapstick, yeah. you know, a little bit of humour thrown in, you know, where he wears that guy's jacket and he's moving, he's got him in it as well and yeah. he's moving across the floor dancing. Like, and some I, imaginative, I dug that. imaginative things like, you know, climbing up with, you know, I don't know who's doing it, but climbing up on the bars between the, between the buildings and I really love the shot where, the guys race out of the kitchen and they one by one whip the cleavers out of the board. Like there was some really imaginative yeah. stuff in there that made it, as we've already said, you know, they were super entertaining and just fun to watch. Mm. The tongue was in cheek. Yes. But yet they do sort of take that, go away from the tongue in cheek aspect as they move along. Yeah. It actually, some of the it kind of, far more. It takes his kind of cheeky side that you do see in some of the, in some of the fights in the movies, that playful side. So yeah, it's, it served its purpose there. Yeah. I also love the advice I'm, he gets from the restaurant owner when she gives yeah. him the cash. It's kind of funny. Yeah, that's <laughs> hilarious. You know, take the girl you to the, a restaurant the hotel. <laughs> but I love that when she goes, oh, you know, at the end she says, I hope you, you know, I hope you spend it because I always need a good dishwasher. <laughs> dishwasher. That's right. Yeah, that stuff was quite cool. Look, I mentioned montages and I'm going to come to some dislike work involving some of it. But I, there's a couple of times where the montages work out quite nicely. Even just the simple stuff like you see him set up the dojo and you see him with four students and then you know, they do a punch and then it goes, the next shot is like eight students and then it's six. Yeah, and, you know, like it's just showing that it's growing, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's really mm. quickly done but it's, it's nicely done. Yep. Uh, and there's another montage. I think it's the one where he's training. Like at the start, they quickly move ahead like 12 years. And all they do is show him training with his, with his kung fu teacher, mm. and then he just ages a couple of times, and they have that voiceover. Yeah. And then we're into it. We're, we're at Bruce Lee, you know. Yeah. Bruce I mean, Lee as a twenty-year-old. We don't have time to watch him grow up. We've got three fights to get Ex- to in the first fucking exactly. thirty pages of the script. We've got some, he- we've got some heads to to toe. <laughs> <laughs> we've got asses to kick. We haven't got time for this bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Rob Cullen's standing sitting there with the script pulling pages out. Go, get that. Yeah, get that. <laughs> that's, an important, that's an important event in Bruce's life. Ah, oh, fuck that. We'll just <laughs> we'll make something up. <laughs> we need to fit more nut shots um. in. <laughs> it reminded me a little bit of the whole, the way they did Conan growing up. Yeah. In Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, yeah. Where he's pushing the wheel. the wheel, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Same sort of technique, and it, it, it worked really well. I just think that those montages work to to move the story ahead quickly and just showcase a few little things. Because in amongst them, you know, you kind of get the you, you realise she's pregnant and sort of stuff like that. <laughs> Again, pages that Rob Cohen had removed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What happened to that? Oh shit! <laughs> Better put a montage together. <laughs> 
Yeah, definitely. In terms of the comedy too, Adam, you mentioned it in the fight scenes, but there's actually some really good lines that sort of bring out his personality as well. I'd completely forgotten the line when he's talking about, you know, um, Linda says, what can you do with a philosophy major? And he goes, you can think deep thoughts about being unemployed. (laughs) He gets a chance to deliver a couple of lines like that that actually really work. Yeah. So I think that, you know, as a whole, there was a couple of instances where it allowed him to, as I said, you know, you see Bruce Lee in interviews and he is quite charming and drops some, you know, that cheeky little smile that he gets and stuff like that. They give him a chance to actually do that. He's poised as well. Yeah. 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 And what's the line he gives to the bloke who, that that meathead guy who comes over in the college and says something, don't put your hands on me or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says something like, I touch back. Oh yeah, I, I put yeah. I'll t- you touch me, I touch back, or something mm. like that. He, yeah, he gives that. Yeah, he's got a couple of good instances like that where he gets gets. There's another one where, um, you know, when the brother the brother shows up on the set of the Big Boss and says, "I've sworn to kill you," and Bruce goes, "Swearing is easy." <laughs> yeah, like it's it just yeah. There's there's a couple of couple of instances that really kind of underscore that 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 element of his character. Yeah, exactly. The warrior coming back in his apartment where he kind of gets his ass kicked by him. Mm. I kind of dug that because it sort of, once again, sort of said he couldn't defeat this thing at that time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like these, these, this nagging kind of fear was there and it manifested itself mm. and it still threw Bruce, you know, kicked Bruce's ass basically. Mm. Yep. And so I like that kind of was just touching on the fact that he's not, you know, you're not there yet and there's nothing to live, like there was nothing to protect because, you know, as it comes back near the end, there are things that he's got to fight for. Yeah. I think it, that fits with kind of the, the racial angle too. Mm. It's mm. uneven throughout the movie, but I think looking back at it, that demon actually does sort of stand in a little bit for what's his identity um, yeah. because he got sort of caught between two worlds in a way Hmm. and I think they do a decent job of that but then sometimes it's a little bit clumsy which again I'll talk a little bit about later on the the parts of it that I didn't like but I actually think yeah looking back that actually personifies some of those fears and insecurities about the race and whatnot. Hmm. yeah I really love the um, recreation of the Green Hornet yeah Yeah. that scene was so cool and also, to go along with that, I also love the recreation of the Big Boss. Like, yeah. I, was a, I was a fan of the Big Boss. Like, yeah, that was one of the first Bruce Lee movies I watched, and I loved it. So that was one of my – that sort of still stands out as one of my favourite Bruce Lee movies. And so, yeah, seeing the recreation of both of those was just awesome. It was a nice little touch. Mm. Yeah. And bringing back the brother who's – you know, he kicked his ass. Was showcasing his his style. Yes, he finally kicked his ass and kind of banished him after he had his back broken by him. Again, I think a lot of that's liberties taken. Is that yeah. not correct? Uh, yeah, apparently, well, that fight did happen. Took place, but he got hurt lifting weights. Well, yeah, so it did happen, oh. and it's funny because they actually mentioned the name of the guy that he fought with. So when the guy yeah. sits down, when he sits down to talk to the older older guys at the table, they say someone, someone, and Wong Jack Man have expressed concerns. Wong Jack Man is actually the guy that he fought. Right. And I believe uh, it was more around 
not necessarily teaching the teaching to non-Chinese people. I think it was more Bruce Lee's brashness that he came mm. into town and sort of was very open about criticising the, the traditional styles and, and some of the fighters. I think that's actually what happened. And they, so this Wong Jack Man character drove to his dojo, I think, and Linda was present. And supposedly they, uh, Bruce Lee won and did say, I think he said, do you yield? And the guy did, but they reckon it was, it was not, it was a, it was a bit of a, you know, close forward affair. Yeah. Which to me, I mean, you didn't really need to change it, did you? That sounds pretty interesting yeah. as it is. Yeah. So it's funny when you look at that, you think this is fucking ridiculous. But that's one of the elements of the movie that actually contains some truth to it. Yeah. But I enjoyed all that sort of stuff. I thought that personally, I really loved that fight. Yeah, that was on cool. Instead of the big boss, that was probably the best one choreograph wise. Yeah, and they the used whole. all the ice and everything which was present in the yeah. movie. Like it was a nice yeah. little way to tie into the movie, but actually put together a really nice little fight sequence. Mm. Yeah, and I thought it worked out really, really well. And the last big one for me is the the fight with the demon at the end. I love the way how it segues out of Enter the Dragon. Yeah. And then he's suddenly fighting this this warrior in this really I mean, the the set and everything is so cool. It's got it's got a real sort of um atmospheric and moody quality about it. The fight is quite good. It ramps up a bit of emotion because he sees his own headstone and yeah, and Brandon's there and, and in, all that. In hindsight, it's actually really sad when when Brandon yeah. shows up and the demon kind of focuses on him. You're watching that, just going, "That's a little bit too close to home." Now, yeah. after you know yeah. the events that happened after that, mm. and that's kind of, Rob, Rob Cohen was actually saying that it was kind of like, you know, we were really uncertain what we were going to do with that. Yeah, because after we, you know, as we're prepping to release the film. His son dies, and this looks. This kind of has this real sort of ominous tone to it. But I also found it kind of it had a sadness too. The fact that he kind of defeats this demon, but it didn't stop what what came. You know. Yeah. The whole idea of the superstition and the fact that you know this this demon's after him and everything. He still died young. You know. Yeah. So it kind of has this kind of sadness to it. Yeah, and also like it's only thirty three. I think. Yeah, thirty two, thirty three. Like it's it's um also the fact that it finishes with kind of his great triumph and not yeah. not showing any going into the death or anything. That was it. I think that was a really good choice, but also it had a tinge of sadness too because the shot at the end showing him sort of against like the the sunset almost, and it was just like, yeah, it's it's nice that they went out like that, but then there's also, as you said, they just let the sadness of the actual story kind of be the the impact that you walked away with at the end, I guess. Yeah, and it's kind of wrapped up by her in a voiceover, really, isn't it? Yeah, right at the end. That was it for likes for me. My apologies. What about you guys? Anything else? Yeah. yeah, you go. Oh, I was gonna. I was just gonna say. I actually really loved the. Uh, I beat any man in the room in sixty seconds too. Like, <laughs> it was just sort of, you know, as soon as, um, as soon as, yeah, as soon as those guys came back, you knew sort of what was going to happen, and you you knew he was going to do it within the sixty seconds. Like, <laughs> but 
but it was in, it was a cool little way to sort of bring it all back and then show that he was kind of back to his feet after he gets kicked in the back and they you know all the noise cuts out and then he kind of turns around and you're like oh yeah it's on here he's good he's yeah, good yeah. to go I'm not, I like that little one and also um, you mentioned the fight Adam the, the first fight between those two I love the way it ended the do you give up like that was yeah. I mean, that was the one that we used to repeat in the schoolyard after every time they they uh, played it on whatever channel it was again for you know the the tenth time that year. We'd come back to school and we'd always say, "Do you give up? Do you give up?" <laughs> I liked how they did some of the they created the tension with some of the racist racist stuff. It was the I guess at the beginning of the relationship is the only real tension you see between Bruce and Linda. So they and they. Did a very good job of tapping that in with the parent, with the with the mum, and I guess some of the th- real things that would have been said back then. Mm. Which I guess it's it's pretty untidy. Some of it, yeah. It seems, yeah, absolutely. It seems very heavy handed, but I, that's what it was like. Like, so yeah, I think yeah. it does a good good job of reminding us of the uh, I guess the the tension that existed back then. Yeah. Another scene that I found pretty well played, also somewhat horrific was the way he reacts to buddy Mickey Rooney playing a Chinese person in Breakfast yeah. at Tiffany's. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. a good scene, actually. Mm. What was what were people thinking back then? I, I don't I mean, know. Mickey Rooney's... I was, I was talking about this with my sister. She was talking about uh, Murder by Death, and we are like, Peter Sellis' character in that did not age very well, uh, the, the wise no. Chinese detective, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. I love that movie, but I don't. I'm not a big fan of the way that's handled. Mm. And again, it's time and place, but still. It was hilarious when we were kids, you know, like Yeah. But it's just it's just it doesn't yeah, it ages very badly. And the the Mickey Rooney one even worse so. Yeah. I guess that's the thing, you know, you when we were kids that was still to a to a degree it was kind of accepted, so we didn't know any better. Thankfully we've grown up yeah. in a in a society that's changed yeah. a little bit and we don't sort of you know, you don't get that to the same extent, but I mean, it shows you how how bad it must have been in a way to go to a to go to a cinema and have that as the representation of, of what your your culture is. It must have just been fucking yeah. horrific for the bloke. Yeah, it's like Gibbo with his Greek Orthodox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Greeks have never been represented fairly on screen. <laughs> My big fat Greek wedding has done <laughs> done nothing for the culture. Yeah. <laughs> Kalamata olives Lamata guys. Come on. <laughs> oh man. No, it's too far. <laughs> okay. So on to the dislikes for me. Look, I didn't have a heap. I did not have a heap. There wasn't a lot I didn't like. Yes, we talked about them playing a little bit fast and loose with the timeline and, and the and and the the facts. Mm. But overall, you know, it was as you said before, Maddie. It's more of a. It's not really. It's a biopic, but it's kind of like a tribute pick. Yeah. yeah. So I let that go. Basically, it, it fails as a bio because it just it just makes so so many parts of it up. And I liken it to something like well, not liken it. I compare it to something like uh, Bohemian Rhapsody because you got two people whose stories seemingly are super super interesting, but you felt the need to make all this stuff up. Mm. But yeah. The Bruce Lee one works because, as we said, there was myth and legend surrounding the guy. It works like one of his movies, whereas, to me, Bohemian Rhapsody played with stuff that 
you, you end up with a movie that's boring. Anyway, it's the so. same problem as Bohemian Rhapsody, where they didn't cover some of the stuff that they probably should have. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. When you've got like yeah. Chuck Norris saying he taught me that punching was important, or something like there's like some real life things in there that would have been really entertaining to explore. I mean, who didn't want to see yeah. Chuck Norris in this movie? Absolutely. I wanted to see I would Chuck. Love to have seen a, Just a, one side play Chuck Norris. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Magic. And I mean, but like my, really, if you're making a serious biopic when someone walks in and says Demon Samurai on page whatever, um, I reckon Sven Ol Thorson would be great for the role. <laughs> you say, hang on a minute, hang on, what are we doing here? But, yeah, it's kind of, in a way, it's more memorable for the fact that it did go that direction. Yeah. I think it it's what sets it apart from a lot of others, is it takes a slightly different tact with how it presents its story. Yeah. And that is a big plus. Because the entertainment value is there. Because ultimately, that's what you're trying to do here. You're taking this really, really interesting guy, basically legendary guy, mm. and you, you're making sure that it's got, it's got to entertain and it does it well. Mm. Yes, as I said, a dislike would be it does play with the facts, but I let that go. My bigger issue is it skips over so much stuff mm. because it's trying to condense all this stuff that this guy's doing and he has such a intriguing and interesting life yeah. that they just have to skip over things and they do it with a heap of montages, some of which are very successful, some of which are not. Hmm. I think they really overdo the romantic side of things as well. Like a bloke that mm-hmm. that's, that's that driven to get things done and go against the grain and and do achieve all the things that he did. There's going to be a lot more tension in the household than than they displayed. He's got to have some like some of those like really manic personality characteristics that it just every time he spoke it was like he was either speaking wisdom or was like had a witty comeback or something like that. Mm. So I feel like I yeah, think they it, could have done a better job there. For me. I I'd read a review that kind of indicated that the romance stuff was too front front. Yeah. You know, there was too much of it. Yeah, but which in a way, I mean, when I look, it was based on her book, so I guess you can see where they got some of that from. But yeah, it. it but ultimately, I didn't feel it was that intrusive. They start her off. I, I felt at the start it, it was where it needed to be because it it played some of the racial things that, that happened as as part of their relationship, right? But also um, that's how they met. Yeah. Know, in class. So it all had some connection there. But I f- yeah, I think they start her off as such a strong character though. She knows all the all the guys on the campus and she's like sort of a bit of a renegade and, and going against the grain and then she just turns into the good wife. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it, it does kind of drop her off which is which is probably a dislike for me, is that there could have been some interesting things to explore there. Yeah, definitely. Um, not necessarily romance based. It could have been other things. Yeah. And, and I, I mean let's not forget that he let's not forget that he died on the couch of his mistress at her apartment. Like there was other angles that that took place there that I don't know whether they needed to be explored or, or but it just that's that comes into just leaving things out. 
that yeah. that might be worth exploring. And as Maddie said, like in the in the doco that I watched, the the B Water doco, they were talking about. One guy just pretty much said, "Look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. There was times when he was an asshole because mm. he was so driven, and so like you know, and they briefly touch on it when he's not home with the kids." But yeah, it's it's. I think it's a little bit too interested, maybe, in being a really glowing representation. Yeah, well, look, you draw a parallel with Michael Jordan. Yeah, easily. What we've just seen in the Last Dance. Are you talking about the Last Dance, or are you talking about the Michael Jordan story with Ernie Hudson? Ernie Hudson is Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, I was wrong. You don't have to keep bringing that up. You were wrong. I believe Ernie Hudson's only fifty. I believe the bloke that played Michael Jordan is also now in prison. So uh, it's, oh, a re- <laughs> it's a really good cast of characters that we're talking about there. But you know, drawing a parallel to Jordan. With Bruce Lee, is these extremely driven people yeah. are not easy to get along with. Yeah, that's why it's good to be mediocre like us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can get along with anyone because nobody's threatened by me. I mean, shit, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not driven. <laughs> Everything's good. Exactly. If I had any talent, I wouldn't be anywhere near as nice. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> But, yes, she kind of gets short shift after a while because the the storyline pushes away from that, from their romance, and her character kind of falls off, really, which I don't know whether it's to the detriment or not. I saw it as a bit of a dislike because I felt that the chemistry between them was okay and and they 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 both gave reasonable performances, but... I think the film's problem, the reason, the reason why a lot of that comes up is because they're, they're jumping over these gaps. They're just montaging their way through. Yeah. But like there are long, large portions where it's just a montage to, to skip over stuff that they didn't really want to explore. They just wanted to touch quickly on it and move on. Mm. And that's, I appreciate it because you're talking about a, mo- a guy that could have filled up a lot more time, but. You've also with biopics and the the really good ones they 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 look for a period in time. You know, a lot of the good ones will find a period in time, or they'll do it in a flashback way, or something like that. Whereas this kind of just decides to to take the Rocky Four approach and just montage <laughs> way yeah. through. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of scored songs in this. <laughs> oh man, that's my second dislike. The music is just I, – I, I've got nothing against the actual theme, mm. but they just lean on it the whole time. Yeah. There isn't barely any any difference in music. They just bombastically chuck the theme in at any moment, at yeah. any opportune point. Yeah, absolutely. Overly romantic. Like why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How – Super cartoonish of the. Uh, I think this might come back to the way his films used to be. I know what you're going to say. The, the Navy blokes? Yeah. <laughs> Who just roll in and start going, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> as you said, Adam, Rob Cullen didn't have time for that shit. Don't worry about painting them as, you know, don't, just, just have them come in, start swearing, yeah. grabbing people. Yeah, Rob, we had four pages of dialogue here about. <laughs> These guys and what they've been through. Yeah. I can do it in I four frames. 
if they're heating it, their head's kicking. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> right. the rest of it. Yeah, don't waste time with the sailors. Funnily enough, I actually remember I recall playing the. Um, for whatever reason, they made us. I played it on the Sega Mega Drive, but a video game of Dragon, and it was essentially like a Mortal Kombat slash you know Street Fighter style fighting game. But you fought yeah. through these sequences. You fought through the sailors, the chefs. <laughs> then you'd have a t- you know a tiff with the demon, and then awesome. yeah, just found that you know worth mentioning now that you reminded me of it. <laughs> Sounds like a gem. Yeah, they were cartoony in that too. Funnily enough, I actually one of my bigger ones. I mentioned it about the demon and how I really liked. In hindsight, it actually does do a fairly decent job of kind of representing some of his fears and insecurities and, and, and what his dad had feared for him. But, like, watching back, it seems to tie into the race. It seems like race and getting caught between America and China was where his confidence took a hit. Yeah. And throughout the film, it starts off like he's... Like, he's up for the challenge, right? Anytime he faces some of those instances of racism... He sort of seems confident and willing to just sort of say, I'm going to change this perception, essentially. Yeah. And they, they show a couple of those times, you know, the Mickey Rooney sequence and losing out on Kung Fu and, and that sort of thing to kind of show a struggle with that. But it never really goes too deep into it. You have these really kind yeah. of really upfront examples of the racism but I don't feel like he struggles. You don't. You don't see him struggle with it as much. So at times you wonder what the demon's actually doing there. Yeah. You wonder what he's struggling with because he seems so super confident and driven that he never really seemed to be struggling with with anything. That was just kind of my read on it, and and maybe that was that came from watching B Water as well. It seemed like that's what they talked about that that the struggles that he had were. So it felt like perhaps it could have just been done a little bit more of showing him struggling with that throughout. Even just behind closed doors. Yeah. A conversation with Linda would have been useful. Yeah, that's exactly right. It shows him sort of struggling at the cinema and kind of internalising it a little bit. It shows him struggling at when Kung Fu comes on the TV. But then... The restaurant? Yeah, the restaurant. But then the only time you see him kind of verbalise any of that or, or... really go he's into right it the is when he blows up in the apartment about his identity. And it seems like, yeah. oh, we could have kind of just developed a little bit more to that point. So that but was, again, that was a, really my only... It's a casualty. That was really my only a, only issue with the demon demon stuff is that sometimes it felt like, what are we... What are we... What is it representing here? Yeah. But that... The race stuff is also a casualty of, of, try, of, of, of trying to put in so much, you know, so much about this guy in two hours. Yeah, but it feels like a really important one. I mean, you you spent so much time on... You spent so much time on Lauren Holly and, 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 sorry, Linda Lee and and his love story. Hmm. But in in the scheme of things, in terms of what he meant to the world, the way he changed the perception of, of... Asian characters on screen probably yeah. had a bit to important. S- probably yeah. had had a, its place in there as well. Again, this could have done with being a little more focused on the key time in his career. Yeah, and maybe, and I'm just saying this spitballing. When he came to America to follow and, and picked up, you know, got into and started he started his dojo and everything. Maybe that's where you. 
you set your you set your biopic in place mm. is is there, you know. And and you work through from there. But it's just it's hamstrung by the fact that it's got two hours to work with. Yeah. And it seems to be kind of rushing through some things, so some casualties are happening and I think some of that interest in yeah. race stuff would have been unfortunately is just kind of glossed over because we haven't got time. Yeah, probably. To get to it. They were building him up, um, there's no doubt about it. Like his like his real story, he was a child actor that uh yeah. did Kung Fu and then uh like he's obviously always trying to make it as an actor. Yeah. That was where his passion was. But the but the, the Kung Fu was his avenue to get into it. Yeah. And they made him just seem so aloof and everything came by chance and mm. a producer saw him and in a fight and said, you'd be great on the screen. Like a, yeah. n- none of the actual work that would have gone into it that, again, would have been super interesting. Yeah. They just didn't explore it at all. My last, I've only got one other dislike, and it was the fight in the gym Yep. at college. It just seems like one too many in a row. I appreciate why. No, there's, there, there's never too many, is there? <laughs> well, there is never too many. Jared, I also but... did enjoy how he was dodging the punches and then slapping the dude on the chest and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. No, I see what you're and saying. And don't get me wrong. I see what it, you're saying. It, it was a well-done fight scene, and it had a purpose. It was about becoming a teacher. Yeah. That was there. But it just, at that stage, we didn't really, hadn't learned a lot about him other than the fact that he just kicks heads for a living. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, he just kicks ass. Yeah. That's all we learned. I mean, that's a Rob, Rob Cohen school of filmmaking, but... <laughs> yeah, I know, I see what you're many. saying. It did, it did kind of come after a string <laughs> sequences. We could have perhaps segued into his teaching a little bit of a different avenue or a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Without possibly. having to have another blue. Yeah. I mean, he could have diffused could have it. He could have diffused it without going to the lengths. Perhaps he could have diffused it. Well, that's what I thought was going to initially. But yeah, it's. I, I see what you're saying there for sure. I had so a, what about you guys, other, other dislikes? I had a couple of extras. Okay, so the martial arts committee that is upset with him and instigates the fight. <laughs> I, obviously, you know, that did have some place in truth, but I'm pretty sure they didn't have a lair that looked like something out of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> the Quintessons from the 1986 Transformers. When, yeah. they, when they roll in there and those blokes are sitting up on the sitting up on the chairs over this, this little kind of amphitheatre slash fighting pit, I was sitting yeah, there thinking, I'm pretty strange. sure that didn't exist. <laughs> Flash Gordon or something. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It's a leftover from Flash Gordon. Yeah, I did enjoy the fight sequence, but I was thinking, yeah, maybe we could have we could have set it somewhere else and still had it been like an ominous kind of <laughs> place. The other one was uh, a couple of instances of Lauren Holly. I think she falls flat delivering a couple of what seemed like they're supposed to be big lines written for her. Yep. Picking out the ones where she says, you know, let me tell you about my culture. We love big trouble. And then something about the notebook and, you know, when, when he's in traction, she says, look, this looks like the one we had in school, right? Wrong. Yeah. This is your future. And I was just like, oh, that really did not <laughs> that did not land there. A couple of times she kind of missed, misfired on those ones. And may I also add... <laughs> I know, I know it was supposed to be awkward, but telling a bloke in traction that this thing is sexy and maybe we can keep it where you get better, 
I mean, shit, he wasn't even thinking about that, but now he's going to be. And by the looks of it, if you could crack a fat while he was in that bloody interaction, <laughs> <laughs> he'd be doing very well. It looked like it was pretty tight. Yeah, look, he's not getting wood in that, mate. He's not getting wood. And I'm pretty sure he, uh, he did. He had bigger he, fish to fry at that stage. If he did, I'm pretty sure he'd crack one and then go, ah, my back. <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah, that was not nice of you. That was not nice of you there, Linda. That was not uh, not yes, the thing to be saying yes. at the time. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Yeah, the couple of those fell a little flat. Yeah, she became too, too like two dimensional. Yeah, she did a little bit. Yes, and I think you'll probably. I would pinpoint the period when he he got hurt. Yeah, as being the period where her. Her character becomes a little flat, and 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 sort of steps steps back a little. It's, it becomes exactly what you said, Maddie. Is just just kind of like a the wife. It's like overly theatrical. I'm not going to stand here and watch you fight and throw your life away. And then she like runs out, but then she comes back in. She really yeah, takes a peek back in the door. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so uh, my last one, even though it was uh, it wasn't a big one, it was more a little chuckle that I had. But as far as I'm aware, you know, martial arts is, it teaches a lot about discipline. <laughs> I tell you what, you wouldn't fucking know it from the crowd at that martial arts tournament because the crowd behaviour is a fucking disgrace. <laughs> None of, them, none of them are showing any self-control. None of them are being like water. They're all just fucking <laughs> shouting and screaming. And You know, I did. I kind of enjoyed the performance of a few of the extras in that scene where one of them kind of nudges the other one and encourages him to start going, fight, fight. Yeah. fight. <laughs> <laughs> and one guy is dishing out the most overly theatrical, prove it, prove it. Prove it, camera. It's like, oh, shit. As, as Linda's walking out, too, there's an old guy and a dude with, like, a... He kind of got a sort of a mullet and a moustache kind of combo, and they're kind of, <laughs> they're kind of working each other up as well. And I was just like, oh, I was thinking, what? They probably could have framed this a little bit differently to get those people off the camera. It's funny. It made me laugh. But, again, that that's probably a little bit more true to life because I think that was representing the speech where he did... Well, one of the instances where he did put a lot of people offside by opening but he was doing that all over the place, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So he had, I think that one was supposed to be like the first one where he kind of talked at like an open demonstration and had a reaction where some people were like, "Wow, this is this is really interesting," and where some of the more traditional people were. Yeah, I think. Happen. I mean, he he used lines like, you know, he actually referred to a couple of those old teachers and said they're tigers with no teeth and really kind of offended some of them, which I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, again, I think that sort of stuff actually led up to the fight that he had. Yeah. Right. No, yeah, that's what I heard. So any other dislikes from you guys? No, I think the crowd behaviour for the rest of the movie was, was you know, was fairly well restrained. Tolerable. I finished, <laughs> I finished watching. I'm a bit sad that we don't refer to Jason Scott Lee as uh, JSL, but uh, he hasn't got a career outside of that in Jungle Book that, mm. that I've paid any attention to. No, he so. also popped up in Hollow Man 2, was it? No, that's Christian Slater. He did Time like, Cop 2. He sequel of Time Cop 2. He did Time Cop 2 and he did Dracula 2002 and 3, I believe. Yeah. He did a good job. I thought he was really good in that role. Yeah, yeah it's I a bit of a shame. Too. Because he did show, I think he showed a bit of potential in this, like that he did. Yeah. I don't know whether it was just a, a, an instance where this is kind of the perfect role and he, that little bit of that overacting did work out because that's 
how Bruce Lee sort of presented. I think after this, yeah, I think maybe. he would have just been cast in that, only been seen as the the, the Asian actor. Yeah. I think that would have been, maybe. like, followed him around. It was the Even though it was, like, the one role that got him prominence that also probably cast him in a, in a typecast situation. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I reckon that's probably what it was. He got typecast. I mean, couldn't I'm unsee him as Bruce Lee. It wasn't a great script, <laughs> but <laughs> but it seems that he didn't particularly go on from this, mm. which is disappointing because I actually think he had he's, he's definitely had some well, has talent. Mm-hmm. I just feel that he probably just didn't get opportunities that um, that he was after yeah. at the end of the day. All right, that is. Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Podomatic. Send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au or on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia and at Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. We're also on Instagram at Thrill Me Podcast. Big thank you again to Jehovah for selecting this film for us. The next episode, now, gentlemen, please correct me if I'm wrong, that we'd like to. Finish up the It saga. Oof. Is that correct? I mean, next episode. Yeah, well, we might have trouble getting Gibbo back because remember he watched the second part of the original and was fucking <laughs> filthy about that too. <laughs> well, <so>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did the whole package in one hit. But oh, yes, yeah, so I think I think we're uh, yeah I think we're ready to go. With yeah, that I think we should knock that over. I'd like to knock over a few of our sort of sequels to films we've already done. So Speed Two, here we come. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Wrap it up. <laughs> All right. That's it for us to here. Keep an eye out on the Facebook page for any of our updates and everything. But until then, take it easy and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me or one word or lowercase at iinet.net.au.